0: Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hello, and welcome to a special spooky haunted edition of the yahoo fantasy football forecast i'm matt Harmon, and this week i'm lucky enough to be joined by andy barons who's going to help me recap our five most interesting nfl games from sunday afternoon and preview the monday night matchup andy who is your survivor pick this week hopefully it wasn't the bengals the jersey oh. that you are still wearing from this morning mine was the bengals um i would feel super bad but like five other bros got eliminated from the survivor pool that i'm in this week so i i guess i can't feel too bad
1: yeah, just a just a brutal survivor week between obviously the Bengals, the the Chargers, the Bucks. My pick was the Bengals, but I can't even like I can't even feel that bad about it because I have I don't even know the last time that I made it almost to November in Survivor. It just doesn't happen to me. It doesn't happen to me. It was a magical ride to even get to October and then to make it all the way to Halloween. That that was I don't know. Every 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 weekend just just felt like more of a miracle than the than the previous one. So I'm I'm sometimes Mike White just gets you.
0: Sometimes, listen, when you run up against juggernaut like Mike White, what can you do? Okay, (laughs) I mean, you just got to accept your fate at that point. Yeah, I had like two or three overtime survivor wins this this year. So I was like, you know what? I'd rather just bow out now. No more overtime stress for this whole Survivor thing. Let's just that that Vikings
1: game against the Lions. Did you have that one? Like I had a handful of those. Yeah.
0: I had Raiders-Dolphins, which was like, oh, for God's (laughs) sakes. Jacoby Brissett, give me a break. All right, let's jump right into uh, the show here. First of all, we just want to address this right off the top. Calvin Ridley, if you haven't heard by now, is stepping away from football for the time being for the sake of his mental well-being, according to a release statement by Calvin Ridley himself. I'm guessing this is why he skipped uh, that London trip. He's missed two of the last three games uh, due to personal reasons. Uh, Obviously, Andy, I think you agree that we're just wishing him the best of luck on his journey. And, um, you know, if you have uh, like just any thought for Calvin Ridley, definitely just hope, we're we wishing for the best for him, for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hard to hard to really add anything to that. You always feel bad trying to tack on any sort of fantasy spin to a thing like this because, A, it's obvious and B, his own well-being is so much more important than this. And And hopefully everything just gets right real soon.
0: Yeah, I definitely think if you're looking for some perspective about this whole just topic of, you know, mental health and sports, go check out the interview that Jay Glazer did with Eagles right tackle Lane Johnson, who also uh, missed a game for personal reasons uh, a couple of weeks ago. Similar, maybe, you know, we don't know what's going on with Calvin Ridley, but again, just wishing him the best of luck on his journey, uh, wherever that takes him going forward. Uh, Let's jump right into football. You mentioned the the great Mike White, Andy, Um, (laughs) 405 yards. He's the second quarterback in NFL history to throw for 400 Plus yards in his start the other one was cam newton not so bad not so bad third on the list by the way for most passing yards in their first nfl start is kevin cobb uh when i saw that leaderboard, <laughs> <laughs> when i saw when i saw that leaderboard andy uh, uh, on tv today i was like that's that's fitting like remember when that that feels like a thousand wow. years ago when it was like he had like one good start against the arizona cardinal i think or against some team and then he ended up being traded to the cardinals to be their starter it was like, well, this was never going to work for anybody. So give me a break. Um, anyways, in the current moment, Zach Wilson's obviously going to miss a few more games. Mike White has already been named the starter for Thursday night football. He actually caught a two point conversion as well. You know, this came on the back of a huge Michael Carter game as well. Uh, obviously they drop, uh, the Cincinnati Bengals as I mentioned earlier. They were they came into this game with the, the they were the number one seeded team in the AFC. Andy, Mike White is the truth, huh?
1: Yeah, my, Mike White has really disrupted some plans here because I, I you know, in, in a couple of leagues, I had added the Colts defense in preparation for week wow. nine on Thursday night, you know, just picking on the Jets because, come on, how was that not going to go well? And now that seems like a, pr- a pretty stupid move in hindsight, right? <laughs> like, maybe that can work out. And White did turn the ball over a couple of times. But, like he just kept coming. I mean, they were down two scores late in this game uh, and Mike White let him back. Like it was in in fact, I was reminded of the, the only Mike White college game that I ever saw, which was the Boca Raton bowl Uh, several years ago. It was in fact, the game in which, I fell in love with Anthony Miller as a prospect. It was Western oh, Kentucky and Memphis. And um, there were whole, there was a lot of NFL talent in the game, right? It's Daryl Henderson's in the game. Tony Pollard's in the game. Anthony yeah. Miller just absolutely goes nuts in that thing. And apparently the player that I should have been watching all along was Mike White.
0: Unbelievable. Yeah. How could your scouting eyes have missed that one, Andy? Come on. <laughs> Give me a break. Uh, you know, actually... I kind of have a theory on this. And I know, look, I know that most of his production came, you know, to Michael Carter, who had 14 targets, nine catches. Uh, Jameson Crowder had a big game in this spot as well. Um, Elijah Moore, six for six uh, as well in this game. So obviously, you know, throwing to running backs, getting yards after the catch, throwing to Jameson Crowder, getting yards after the catch. But that kind of dovetails into my theory here. And I I wanted to get this takeoff on FFL um, during the part where Tank Williams and I, well, Tank Williams slash Marshawn Lynch and I were debating um, between uh, Devontae Booker and, and Michael Carter, but I, I was a little distracted by Tank's uh, method acting that I did. <laughs> I forgot to make this point. I did talk about it on the Sportsbook Live show with Mindy later. That you know, when you look at the Shanahan tree of offenses and just the way this system works, and obviously that's the scheme that they're running with the Lafleur, uh, number two Lafleur and Robert Sala there in New York. It's all based on timing execution, rhythm, like, you know, being in the flow and taking what the offense gives you. We all knew coming into the NFL that Zach Wilson was like, not that guy, you know, that he was an off script improviser. And we've still seen that so far in the NFL. I mean, he does that damn like boot out the pocket and point point downfield, yeah. like good and which just it works at BYU. It's not going to work on this version of the Jets offense he, and. It's just not that he's not a guy that allows the offense to get into rhythm. Maybe he becomes that guy at some point. Like, this isn't really an anti Zach Wilson take, but a guy in Mike White who doesn't have any quote NFL experience, but has been in the league for a bit um, and is not an improvisational, off script type of guy. You know, maybe it's not so surprising that he kind of runs the offense and executes the thing a little bit more than a rookie in Zach Wilson who already has a, a propensity to improvise.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a really good point. And you think back to Zach Wilson at BYU where he just had I mean, he it was such a good offensive line and he always just had an ocean of space around him and he could do whatever for however long he needed and uh, made all kinds of improvisational magic there. Uh, it's it's a really good point on White. I had kind of. I'd kind of buried the fact that uh, this was a total consolidation of power game from Michael Carter. He was he was awesome. Yeah, I mean, uh, leads the team in rushing and receiving uh, huge receiving workload in this thing. Um, it just exactly what you want to see. I know Ty Johnson got into the end zone at some point because everybody got into the end zone. Yeah. Uh, but but Michael Carter was was absolutely phenomenal.
0: Mike White even left a portion of this game uh, after taking a pretty big hit there. Josh Johnson got into the mix, two uh, completions on four attempts. So, um, you know, we'll see what happens on Thursday. Did not expect the Colts quarterback, Carson Wentz, coming into this game a little colder than Mike White in this spot, but it shall be interesting to see. I do think it's really good news for Michael Carter, and I, I kind of wondered, even though Jameson Crowder obviously has eight catches on nine targets, I kind of wonder if this was like a showcase game to potentially move him at the trade deadline. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but we'll see see
1: yeah i've been i've been wishing for a crowder deal for like what feels like over a year so um i'm yeah. not gonna i'm not gonna hold my breath on that i hope it happens like you did all this without Corey davis too by the way like no Corey yep. davis and yeah, thing. he's still point. connected with 10 different receivers
0: yeah that's a good point all right i mentioned the colts they're the next team we're going to talk about here tennessee 34 31 over the colts in overtime andy aj brown um he was You know, there was obviously like the little panic for a bit because he had just the one target, but finishes the game 10 catches on 11 targets, 155 yards and a touchdown. He is I've been saying for like three weeks, he's all the way back in terms of like whatever you were expecting preseason from him, which I had really high expectations. I think those are all the way back at this point.
1: The touchdown was just one of the plays of the day because there's there's at least two and maybe three guys who take the wrong angle on him like they they could have had him out of bounds but nobody was expecting aj brown to be as fast as aj brown is um just a just a huge day dominant day um he had like half the catches for that team too like it's there's no mystery about where the ball is going to go when when ryan tannehill drops back uh and it didn't matter didn't matter it was it was in some ways it looked as if uh he hadn't even been scouted though because like the angles on him were all wrong everything was all wrong but he was he was phenomenal
0: Yeah, I'm not really a big fan of the way the Colts play defense. I think they're a little too passive. They kind of are like an old traditional Tampa 2 team or whatever. So, and it's just not my type of thing, but you know, the Titans offense too, they're kind of a frustrating team, but I actually don't think they are quote, like hard to figure out as people sort of want to say, because they're a very top heavy team, right? Like basically they can run through anybody when they have AJ Brown and Derrick Henry rolling, but like. That's it. This is not a day where Derrick Henry was rolling. He got a little banged up, spent some time um, on the sideline with the trainers, only uh, sub three yards per carry once again here. Um, So that's just kind of the way they're going to be. They're going to be hot and cold within even a single game because they're very top heavy between just those two guys.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the I don't want to call it an injury because obviously Henry played through it, but he was talking to trainers and it seemed like it was maybe it was his right foot, something like that. My daughter, for the first time, is involved in a fantasy football league. So every time Derrick Henry doesn't score in the first quarter of a game, I start getting these panicked uh, messages from her. What is going on with Derrick Henry today? <laughs> with like all sorts of I emojis, know.
0: it's the best.
1: And today, oh. actually, nothing happened for uh, nothing good happened for Derrick Henry. So she's like. She's like kind of upset with me as if as I don't know, it's the classic we've we've gone from having the classic relationship between like a child and their parent to having the standard relationship between any human being and their fantasy expert.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's just like, what can you do? OK, you're Circle supposed to know life. all these things. How could you not know that the one of the best players in the whole sport was going to have a slower game and he was going to get a little hurt? Andy? I mean, for God's sakes, if you're going to know for anyone, you should at least know for your own child, man. It's a fa- it's a fair point. You're right. You're both right. Yeah, well, we both expect better from you going forward. We shall uh see if you can be up to the task here. Let's talk about the Colts. <laughs> this is a weird watch for Carson. Carson
1: went through so many balls that should have been picked off. I yes. mean, the, there was the one hilarious interception. There were uh, there were a half dozen that should have been picked off.
0: Can I actually say the um the, the interception that you mentioned where he was getting tackled in the end zone and just like pops the thing <laughs> up to who even, was it a defensive lineman or I mean, it was somebody that shouldn't have been right there for the Tennessee Titans. They walk it in for touch. Oh, right, right. Right. If you think about it, actually, maybe not the be- not the worst move. Like if you're going to take a safety, you don't get the ball back late in the fourth quarter. At Total least- <laughs>
1: galaxy brain move. Yeah.
0: I mean, something tells me that Carson Wentz wasn't thinking that in the moment, <laughs> but I at least thought about it right afterwards. I was like, you know what? at least he gets the ball back right if you take the safety yeah. in that spot you got to you got to kick which also by the way is such a brutal like rule it's just what adding insult to injury like okay you just had this really embarrassing thing happen to you and now you've got to give the ball back to the other team like come on
1: it's absolutely phenomenal that that worked out for them um it was it was joyous in the moment that it worked out for them like he he switches hands and puts the ball in his left hand to heave a pass at one of his linemen. I mean, it was only like a couple of linemen that were even standing yeah. there. It was just. I don't know it, what he was it, thinking. It was there. amazing.
0: I, I don't know what he's been thinking for a couple. Like, on balance, <laughs> Carson Wentz has played eye this year. You know, like the stats look pretty good, but at least two or three times a game. I mean, when he did the shovel pass, like to a, to a 49ers uh, yeah. player uh, on Sunday Night Football last week, it's like, Carson, buddy. Come on, man! Like, let's just live to fight another down. Uh, he does have a little bit of too much of that in him. He's minus five point four expected completion percentage in this game. I think this was a rougher moment overall. He's just pretty lucky that he has two, I think, absolute superstars. You know, young guys in their second year, Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman. I mean, Michael Pittman, number one. Like the whole their their entire passing game is basically. Let Michael Pittman do stuff, or let the defense interfere with Michael Pittman. That's their, that is their, <laughs> that is their passing game right now. Pittman scores two early touchdowns, thirty-one percent target share, um, and obviously Jonathan Taylor another hundred yard, uh, hundred total yards today and a touchdown.
1: Yeah, I was going to say the the flip side of Carson Wentz being like wildly reckless is that he will just heave the ball up for Michael Pittman. And that was that was pretty glorious uh, on this day. Ten catches on 15 targets, 15 targets, not a not a huge yardage total. You don't care about that when you get two touchdowns from him. But 15 targets is is just a big deal. And some of them were just, I don't know, no need to play desperate. But they they felt like desperation flings from Carson Wentz. And they and they often work out.
0: I mean, these two guys, too. We're I keep bumping them up, you know, like rest of season rankings, too, because like they get the Jets on Thursday night. They get the Jaguars after that and the Bills. Bucks is kind of a hit or miss matchup. up the Texans. Then they get the Texans one more time. Like this is a pretty good schedule for guys like Michael Pittman and Jonathan Taylor, who, you know, I think Pittman keeps creeping up into like that set it and forget it wide receiver two territory. I yeah. think we're there with him. And, you know, Jonathan Taylor is making his case to be one of the five most valuable backs in fantasy football right now.
1: Yeah, for sure. This is the this is the season that Dalton Don predicted last year and again this year. And it is absolutely coming to fruition. There was a there was a Naheem Hines injury scare in this game, but he came back onto the field. Hopefully, uh, hopefully he's okay.
0: Yeah. Anything else from this game? I mean, like I said, these two teams are both they're actually kind of similar in a way that they're very top heavy between just their top receiver and um, their star running back.
1: Yeah, T.Y. Hilton also got dinged, uh, you know, returns to the lineup and then uh, I believe it was a concussion. It was a huge hit. uh, So that's so that's really rough as well.
0: Yeah. Yeah, there we go. All right, Andy, we've waited long enough. Let's talk about Justin Fields in a Bears loss, which I mean, at this (laughs) point, do you even care? Do you even care if the Bears win or lose? I've never felt
1: better after a Bears <laughs> loss and I can't I can't remember one that that left me feeling, you know, optimistic and and hopeful for the future and it wasn't you know like we've seen some nice moments from Justin Fields in the past and it wasn't you know the 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 fact that we had multiple designed runs for him today was was amazing and and is not a th- like weirdly is not a thing that has happened yet this season I think the I think the number going into this week was eight designed runs called for Justin Fields all season. Um, wow. And, but that was, that was a part of the game plan today, which was good to see. And it resulted in 103 rushing yards because he's great at this. Um, yeah. and, and you want to give him sort of, a, you know, first year quarterback, give him relatively simple decisions to make in a in a simplified decision tree worked out really well. I I think that, and maybe this is, maybe this is me just being hopeful for Justin Fields, but I I really thought that today, you saw him make some throws, even on incompletions, you saw him make some throws where it, it was like there was a greater recognition of what NFL Open is versus Ohio State Open, right? Where it was, you know, his man had like a step or a half step on a defender and he was willing to throw the ball. And they don't like they they didn't all get completed. He He had some balls that got tipped today that could have been picked like it's a it's it's a better fantasy line. It's a better final sure. line than than perhaps he even deserved. But um, he, he made some throws that really, y- y- you know, I thought recognized the difference between the college level and the pro level. And that was that was super encouraging as well.
0: Yeah. Look, I mean, you said it. The fact that they got him on the move, it's, it's like, no kidding. You know, he's he runs a 4-4. <laughs> he's got a huge arm. Like, it makes complete sense to let him boot out of the pocket. Like, this was the first time all year that I felt like, oh they know the quarterback that they're calling plays for. Like they're no right, longer running right. the Andy Dalton offense with Justin Fields in it. This, which I mean, the fact that no Matt Nagy in this game due to the COVID protocol, that's going to be a talking point. I'm sure that is going to be a talking point for sure. Um, but you look at this team too. Eighty nine of his one hundred three rushing yards came on scrambles. Obviously, again, that's that's because he's getting booted from the pocket, cutting that field in half, and then four for four and a t- for forty yards and a touchdown on design rollouts. This is all according to Next gen stats. Like th- again, this was the offense that you kind of always wanted to see with Justin Fields, and I just hope that this is what we get for um, the rest of the year.
1: Yeah, the the touchdown pass was a beautiful throw, uh, rolling to his left, like a, a pretty hard throw to make too. So that was the good that old was Jesse James. I, yeah. Oh, and then to the to the wrong tight end, Um, yeah. I've got Cole Komet in a handful of places, and that was really rough. The Bears also elite today at recovering their own fumbles. That was great to see as well.
0: Oh, yeah, that's always good. You love that. Um, Khalil Herbert was dinged up a little bit in this game. Um, do we have any? So Khalil Herbert went down
1: and like was motionless on the yeah. field. And you were like, oh, well, he's lost for the day. And then was and then was back in like five minutes. And I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that happens. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So there, we avoided the scare there. Damien Williams also banged up in this game. Um, yeah. Like this is <laughs> But as much joy as we're spreading about Justin Fields. It doesn't trickle down, really, to the receivers. Just six catches for 64 yards for Darrell Mooney. That's about the best you can hope for in this offense. Still nothing really happening for Allen Robinson. Three for 21. Made a couple tough, like, critical catches. But we're not – like, this is not going to happen for these Bears receivers in this offense. Even, But who cares, really? Like, all this season matters anymore. It's <laughs> just making sure, like, Justin Fields moves – I, I kind of feel like Justin Fields – he just reminds me of, like – early career josh allen which like hey if he develops into current josh allen you'd take it right but i mean how awful was watching some of those early josh allen plays you're just like what are you doing buddy um but i think we got to a really good point with him because he just continued to develop and like they lived through the mistakes and everything like that and they just they had a very clear understanding of the guy they were drafting and what they were going to do with it you know that's just like an ideal circumstance uh, for a player like Josh Allen to get drafted into. Obviously doesn't look like we have got that with the bears and that current coaching staff, but um, you got to feel good after coming out of the day at least.
1: Yeah. Listen, if you're offering the Josh Allen development arc to me right now, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and accept that on behalf of the bears. So (laughs) we'll we'll take it. Um, You've almost got it. I mean, a a whole bunch of teams have to be calling the bears about Allen Robinson um, because this is another light workload for him Four targets. It's it's, it's, if you've held on to Allen Robinson all season, I mean, you you, you probably got to do it for a couple more days just to see if he relocates to a to a richer offensive environment.
0: Yeah, I mean, I just don't know what like what's the point of? I know everybody's like, there's no reason to have a guy like this on your fans team anymore. It's like, well, there is because he is Allen Robinson, and like he's been dinged yeah. up with this ankle injury. Like, even if he stays in Chicago. Like, yeah, I don't think he's looked great so far, and I think a lot of it is because he's not 100%, and, you know, it's not just – anytime someone's, you know, consistently putting up, like, sub-30 yards in your your fantasy box score, there's not just one reason for it. And I think that Robinson himself hasn't looked great, and maybe he's, you know, not that jazzed up about playing for the Bears after they just haven't given him a damn contract extension for – I don't really know what reason, um, but yeah. yeah, it's frustrating. But yeah, I think you got a whole, you hold Robinson through the deadline. Absolutely. And I would still stick him on your as like your wide receiver five that you probably never start, but just in case he ever turns it around, I think you'd rather have it on your roster than somebody else's.
1: Yeah. Well, you certainly can't drop him just because you're chasing touchdowns from a guy who just saw like three or four targets, right. which, you know, a- a- every week we see that in the transaction trends, right? There's yeah. some receiver or tight end who everybody is adding and they're coming off like a three-target game.
0: Yeah, some go- yeah, some goofball off the waiver wire is not really going to make a difference for you at this point uh, other than Allen Robinson, who is a certified difference maker. But yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with the trade deadline. I definitely think he's a guy whose name will be thrown around. Um, we could talk about the 49ers here, too. I said Elijah Mitchell was going to be off his game on FFL. Well, I'm an idiot. He has 18 carries for 137 yards and a touchdown. Still no passing game work for him, but I mean – as long as the 49ers are able to stay competitive and um in close games Mitchell's going to be the guy there.
1: Yeah, and this is this is kind of the line that you might have expected from a fully healthy Raheem Moster, right? right. Like not not a lot of not a lot of receiving work. The Bears haven't been good against uh you know, against uh, power and the Niners run a lot of it and this this was probably always going to happen. Um it's the it's the lack of a receiving workload that is going to hold him back moving forward. He's obviously He's obviously locked down the rushing workload, except for at the goal line where Jimmy Garoppolo just takes over. Yeah, um, Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> plays the Trey Lance role. Quarterback.
0: <laughs> hey, I mean oh credit to Jimmy out there. You know everybody wants him benched. I, I mean I. I wouldn't mind him being benched, so I'm not trying to, like, say I'm a big Jimmy guy here. But, you know, everybody's calling for the guy to get benched. Everybody wants to see Trey Lance. You know, Kyle Shanahan is, like, the only one sticking his neck out there for him, which leads me to think, like, man, Trey Lance must really look bad in practice or he's just, like, not ready. I don't know, which isn't isn't that surprising considering he didn't play college football last year and is still super young. But, like, credit to Jimmy yeah. for going out there and, like, gutting it, too. You know, like, he, he flung his usually broken body around a lot around the goal line <laughs> here today
1: the first rushing touchdown might have actually not even been intended for jimmy garoppolo to carry it either yeah. because it was a it's a weird play and they had debo in motion and debo seems like maybe he lined up wrong <laughs> and the, the snap came out at a weird i don't know it just seemed funky but jimmy maybe knew where it was blocked and how it was supposed to go so just took it himself um so i credit to him it was an awesome it was an awesome play
0: yeah we'll see um how much i mean I know there were some reports this morning that like Trey Lance is going to probably start at some point this year, but you know, I do think Jimmy has to lose the job and clearly Kyle it can't happen not, now. It can't
1: yeah. happen coming off a win, no, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. This week would have been the, would have been the week to throw him in coming off a, a, a pretty embarrassing performance.
0: Yeah, we shall see. Uh, for those of us still on Brandon, I watch seven targets <laughs> did get a two point conversion uh, from old Jimmy Garoppolo. So shout out to us. All dozen, the dozen of us that are out there. There are dozens of us. (laughs) All right, let's move on uh, to the next game. Uh, New England, 27 over the Los Angeles Chargers, 24, one offensive touchdown here from New England. Poor Damian Harris, man. He had so many big runs called back by penalty. Um, You know, this should have been like a monster, monster game for him.
1: Yeah, we we've talked about this several times on on FFL and probably absolutely every platform that we have. I mean, the the Chargers are just such a they're they want you to run against them. They're yep. begging you to run begging. against, them. they have the they have the the worst run defense in the league too. And to such an extent that it has to be by design because nobody's nobody's this bad like while trying to be good, right? Like they they allow over five and a half yards per carry, over 150 rushing yards. Like this wasn't even. I mean, I'm looking at the box score right now. New England had 100. Forty-one rushing yards against him. Right. That's a that's a substandard day against yeah. the Chargers this yeah. year. I mean, yeah. teams are teams are throwing up two hundred rushing yards against this team. But you're you're right. A lot called back for Damian Harris. He had like with eighty yards and a touchdown. That's the minimum that you should have expected from him. I today. know.
0: Yeah, like I said, you got a bad break there, but can't really complain. Eighty yards and a touchdown. I don't want to hear you whining about Damian Harris at that point, but <laughs> yeah, I mean the Chargers. That this is the design of that defense is like, yeah, please run on us because like we don't want you to pass like pass deep down the field, whatever. But like, you can do that while being the 25th best run defense. You can't be 32nd. <laughs> right, exactly. You can't be 32nd or then like you're going to get in problems here. And I think it's a problem for the Chargers offense too. I wrote about this th- th- that this week in my advanced stats column that like they're going if they consistently fall behind, you know, because teams are just able to establish the run on them here Um, You know, it's going to put Justin Herbert in at disadvantageous situations. It's going to put it especially when you're trying so hard to live on efficiency on third and fourth down where Herbert was a top five quarterback in EPA on later downs uh, coming into this week. But again, that's a tough way to live when you are just getting run all over on the other side.
1: It also obviously puts you in a bad position when you happen to face one of the league's like five teams that actually wants to play that way. Like when you go up against the Ravens, good point. Good luck. That's not going to go well. You go up against the Patriots. We sure we'd love to run the ball forty times. Thank you. We we accept your invitation.
0: Yeah, Mac Jones is a little hit or miss in this game too. Um, from from what I was watching, like. You know, he definitely tried to push the ball downfield. Unfortunately, he's pushing the ball downfield to Nelson Aguilar. Like, that's (laughs) going to be a little hit or miss there. Um, There were some misses there. You know, Jacoby Myers has nine targets, gets another two-point conversion. Still no touchdown, though. Like,
1: king of the two-point conversion
0: now. I know, yeah. Yeah, well, they got to get him. They're, like, letting him in the shallow end of the pool before they let him go, you know, (laughs) on the diving board. He's getting his practice in, in the, in the kitty section of the pool before they really let him get a <laughs> touchdown there. Um, Mike Williams disappointing in this one, too. Just two for five for, um, for 19 yards. Mike Williams definitely on the downtick from what we saw early in, in, in the season. Do you have any kind of insight on that one? Um, yeah,
1: I, this is Mike Williams as the, the player that we'd, we'd sort of come to know. Right. Right. Um, and I, and I still don't know that ultimately Mike Williams is going to be like a dozen targets, a game guy. It was good to see Keenan Allen get back in the end zone. If only, um, because I want people to stop throwing his name into questions. Like I still feel like Keenan Allen is just a set it and forget it kind of player. I'm willing to give almost Every re- and Williams saw five targets, so it's not like he was a total afterthought in this thing, it's not like he was completely forgotten. I'm willing to give virtually every receiver at, uh, you know, a, a mulligan on a, on a, like a 19 yard game on a low yardage game. I mean, the, the number of guys who give us, you know, 60 yards a week is just, is just vanishingly small. Yeah. It's almost no one. So not a huge deal. Uh, if you're, if you've got Mike Williams on a roster, if you'd already in your mind, turned him into like a top five wide receiver that you never had to sweat about. Yeah, I guess, I guess yeah. this is a step backward, but I, I wasn't, I wasn't quite that far with him.
0: Yeah, I would see him more as like a top 20 rest of season guy. Like, yeah. probably someone you're breaking ties in favor of starting every week. Um, but there are some matchups where... It's not going to be that great because, I mean, as, as awesome as the production was, we all know that Mike Williams isn't under like he was an underrated player coming into this year. Like people think he's trash because he got drafted like seventh overall um, and, you know, is never going to be that type of receiver. Yeah. But he's always been good when he's been on the field. Um, but there is going to be some volatility there if you're worried about it. um, uh, Next Sunday, he gets the Eagles. So, like, it should be fine. <laughs> it should be fine. Should be fine. Like all these guys should be good. I agree with you about Keenan Allen. He's still a set it and forget it guy for me. Um, I don't need to be hearing any questions about him going forward. All right, let's talk about the Saints upsetting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Saints thirty six, Bucks twenty seven. Taysom Hill missed this one, and Jameis Winston went down with an early knee injury. He was playing really well before it happened. Um, you know, it was gunning it out there with like some tough runs against his former team, uh, but does get a pretty. we'll call it an aggressive tackle. Devin white got penalized for a horse collar on this one. Jameis like got up, tried to walk it off and then just buckled to the ground uh, in this one, which was a bummer to see.
1: Yeah. Ultimately needed the, needed the cart. um, And it was like, it was pretty moving to see the reaction of, of like former teammates on the buck side. And Alvin Kamara goes into the tent with him. Right. Like, Man, te- teammates love that guy. I know. Um, and so it tells you a little something about him. Um, just just really disappointing. Trevor Simeon coming into this game and playing well and playing, you, you know, like the rest of us were like, oh, Trev- Trevor Simeon's on the Saints. Huh who knew? Um, but, but Trevor Simeon was ready to go. Like he was, he was fine. And they got down, you know, they did some smart things in the. you know, maybe, maybe this doesn't seem like revolutionary to anybody, but they, they were in a fourth and goal situation and they went for it. Like with Trevor Simeon, right. because of course you have to go for it when you're facing Tom Brady and the, and the bucks. But I feel like there are coaches who would say, uh, I've got a backup quarterback in there. I'm just going to take these points, you know, we're ahead, but that, you know, that, that, help them ultimately win this game. And and Simeon was good and yeah, he was, he was good. good throw into this sort of rogues gallery of, of receivers that they still have. So just a really impressive, you know, impressive performance by the saints defense, really impressive performance by Simeon. Like, you know, you were starting to think, man, do they reach out to drew Brees? Do they, you know, do, do they do whatever they could do to get Taysom Hill ready to go? But now it seems like maybe they get through a week or so with uh, with Simeon at quarterback. I, I mean, I hope it's not like maybe by the time people listen to this, they'll they'll well, know what it is with James Winston. And I hope it's not terrible.
0: Sean Payton did say after the game that, um, quote, I think it's significant. So I would be expecting to, uh, James Winston to miss some time, which is a bummer. He's in a contract year for the Saints and obviously uh, was playing pretty well with the limited uh, things they were asking him to do there. But, uh, you know, it's trending in the right direction for Jameis. So we'll see. You mentioned it. I mean, it is is a long box score of folks who caught passes from Jameis Winston here. You know, (laughs) headlined leading receiver in this game is Kevin White. Kevin White, one ball. Your boy, Kevin White, I, for, I like, forgot he <laughs> was drafted so long ago um, that he was actually drafted by the Bears. Uh, leading receiver, Kevin White, Mark Ingram immediately gets into the action, catches two passes, uh, also carried the ball six times. But obviously, Alvin Kamara kind of, you know, wins the day with 19 carries. They really, you know, are mostly outside of that Seattle game when Pete Carroll, for whatever reason, was just not able to realize like, oh, they're. Alvin Kamara can catch passes out of the backfield. It's more so been on the ground for Alvin Kamara than it has been through the air yeah. so far this year.
1: Yeah, this uh just looking at the box score right now. I mean, it's like a it's like a twenty seventeen, twenty sixteen fantasy roster, right? With Mark Ingram with Ty Montgomery, yeah. Kevin White is in there. I mean, these were I'm sure I wrote all these guys up, I don't know, 5 years ago in in some sort of fantasy column. It's it's a remarkable cast of of characters and they got 36 points out of it against a oh, good defense.
0: These guys were like all drafted before I even had a a job doing fantasy football. <laughs> <laughs> I tell my, I remember oh that, my so God, maybe you're a, I weird child. Maybe I was like I was like actually no, 2014 I was freelancing for football guys. So like that's that's <laughs> where we were at. That's where we're at. Uh, at least, um, at least things have gone better for me than they've gone for Kevin White, I guess. Although he's still, he's still very clearly whatever he's making for the Saints, he's out earning me. I'll just say that. Uh, so maybe things are going better for him. We'll see. Uh, anyways, on the Bucks, you know, it's funny because we talked about the Bucks like they were one of the key ingredients to any Super Bowl run is health. You know, like you, and they were the healthiest team last year by a billion miles. And not so much this year. You know, Antonio Brown is missing time. The defensive injuries have been huge. Gronk gets back in this game and then tweaks his back. Uh, so he ends up with zero catches. He did get one target before he left, so that was a tough scene there. But um, yeah, the only thing that like is really interesting to talk about here is like, you know, Mike Evans makes it on the one uh forty-one yard catch over Marshawn Lattimore, so he escapes this rough matchup with a pretty decent two uh f- for forty-eight and a touchdown. How easy was the Chris Godwin like eruption game to spot coming? He gets eight yeah. catches, one hundred forty yards, and a touchdown on twelve targets.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a good call and I f- I feel like looking back in fact is as soon as I as soon as we had the off your game segment on Fantasy Football Live, I was like, man, I probably should have mentioned that if Mike Evans doesn't have a big game, then then Godwin is basically guaranteed a big game.
0: Right? Yeah, right. And
1: I, I don't think I ever said it, um, but that is the flip side to it. Um, like, man, good. Good for you. If you if you plugged Evans into a lineup anyway, because you had to and you still got that touchdown. He actually had Lattimore roasted uh, in the first half on what should have been a deep. I don't know if it would have gone for a touchdown, but it should have been a deep gain. But uh, yeah. but it was just. Great. overthrown so yeah yeah Yeah. yeah. so pretty pretty good game for him overall
0: yeah the bucks were just kind of behind like chasing points in this one which i did not expect uh but that's a credit to trevor our guy trevor simeon when you can come in here and play like this last thing here did you know who um cyril grayson was before he caught that 50 yard (laughs) touchdown no
1: i i i cannot say that i did no absolutely in fact i still don't know really
0: yeah i mean they like a,
1: a, a big mystery to me
0: that was one of those moments where I'm sitting there, like, writing my article, you know, and the TV's on, uh, trying to get ahead of things or whatever, and it's like, oh, long touchdown from Tom Brady. And I look up, I'm like, it's not Chris Godwin. It's not Mike Evans. <laughs> it's not even, like, friggin' Tyler Johnson. I don't know who's— It's not name.
1: Tyler Johnson, yeah. Never
0: never heard of this fella in, in all my days. <laughs> so, I mean, I guess he's a track star from LSU, though. That's, that's what we know. Us we know about all Cyril Grayson. I would not go. I would not drop Alan Robinson to pick Cyril Grayson off the waiver wire <laughs> 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 to bring it back. We to should probably
1: just think. we should probably just guess Clemson or LSU every time like a random receiver pops.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, especially if they're for the Raiders, that's the only games that John Gruden was ever watching. All right, let's uh, let's go through some <laughs> other news and notes here. <laughs> Carolina Atlanta really tried to send offensive football back about 30 years are you worried at all about Kyle Pitts after he has these two monster games and then just kind of a a mistake filled performance for two catches for 16 yards
1: yeah ugly performance it it you know I'm I'm kind of optimistic that maybe Carolina's defense like Carolina either is, is just terrible defensively or utterly dominant defensively against against softer opponents right they haven't it feels like they haven't had a game that's just sort of in the middle. Um, yeah, they, have a, they have a terrible game against the Giants. They come back with, you know, I, I, I think three sacks, a couple of turnovers in this one against Atlanta, against a good quarterback. So I never know exactly what I'm going to get from Carolina's D, but it's always going to be at one of the extremes, I think, which is weird. Not terribly worried about Kyle Pitts. I still think Kyle Pitts is, I don't know, Is he? is he the number two? He's probably the number two fantasy tight end if we're drafting for this season moving forward. And I wouldn't really... Wouldn't really roll my eyes if somebody took him first. I um, agree. Yep. We, again, we, we don't know what the Calvin Ridley situation is. You, you just hope he gets well. But Kyle Pitts is is guaranteed, virtually guaranteed target totals that are that are better than this one moving forward.
0: Yeah, he Pitts is going to have to be like the center of Atlanta's offensive universe because we know they yeah. can't really run the ball like they would probably want to in this offense. Talk about the Browns and the Steelers real quick. Uh, the only thing I really found entertaining about this game was like, I said this to Trevor, our social media guru uh, for for our fantasy uh, pages there at at Yahoo. And um, I'm sitting there next to Trevor. I'm like, anytime Ben Roethlisberger holds the ball longer than two and a half seconds and you see him shuffle, it's a lock. He's going down like it is. And in in the year 2021, if he starts shuffling, he's hitting the turf, period. It's happening. Which is a shame
1: because, like, you know, eight years ago, Ben Roethlisberger, like, when Kevin White was a
0: relevant player. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly like like that used to be like magical those whatever yeah. they were five seconds six seconds when ben spun out of a sack or something like that or had a had it was wearing a guy on his back like a cape you know um and just yeah. trying to make anything happen downfield that always ended well it should still end well with someone like chase claypool on the field and yet it, it almost never does yeah no it
0: does not <laughs> It's it is crazy, man. I mean, it's he's like a totally different person out there. It's it's wild. Um,
1: I, I will also say that if you told me going into the day that there's going to be one game that ends 15 to 10, which oh. one is it? I definitely 100% would have picked this one.
0: Yeah, this was like, oh, what's the over under? Yeah, under. I don't care. I'm not sure that you could have said it <laughs> low enough. I'm not sure on this game as a whole. Obviously, we know the Steelers offense. Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson said it. Forget it every single week. Those guys are, are top players at their position on the brown side andy can you give me any reason look i know that it's a tough matchup against the pittsburgh steelers but with baker mayfield literally wearing you know some kind of harness to like restrict yeah. his movement which is a choice i know why baker wants to be out there cuz number one he's like tough and he's a gamer and also this is like a pretty kind of statement sort of year for him uh in terms of his contract yep. and all that type of stuff but it just I, I, going into this, week, I was like, he "Shouldn't he should not be playing, man? He should not be playing." Can you, can you give me any reason to care about the Browns' passing offense going forward when Baker's in this state, and it's already a low volume unit as it is.
1: Yeah, no, I couldn't. I mean, I couldn't have given you a reason 6 weeks ago to care about Fair the point. Cleveland passing game moving forward because it was already it was already pretty clear that they just wanted to ride the run. I mean, they're one of those like five teams that would give the Chargers trouble because all they want to do is run the ball 40, 45 times, right? Like that's They were. That was their <laughs> yeah. goal. They were yeah, one that of those there was their, teams. That was their <laughs> Yeah, that was that was their goal with a with a with a perfectly healthy Baker Mayfield, and it, it is no less their their intention now. So no, I can't really. Um am I like I'm I'm probably I don't have an Odell Odell Beckham is I have a million fantasy problems. Odell is not among those problems for me, <laughs> nice. but uh would I drop him? I think I'd drop him. I mean, yeah. I, I don't think there's any receiver on this team that isn't droppable because again, when everything goes according to script, uh the Browns are gonna throw like eighteen or nineteen times.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um, you knew could have made the case in the first few weeks, like when Baker Mayfield was number one in completion percentage above expectation, like by a wide gap that, OK, well, you know, once once Odell gets healthy and then, you know, Jarvis Landry comes back from IR, like, OK, we could get something here because you have to bank on efficiency. But the efficiency is just not going to be there not going to be there when baker is this banged up i mean honestly I, like yeah. we saw case keenum play for this team on thursday night and like i'm not this is not a statement of like oh baker sucks or anything but baker in the condition that he's in right now case keenum would probably be better for the for the offense
1: yeah the bears have a lightly used nick Foles and andy dalton they could okay you know, they
0: can make right. inquiries all right all right all right all right, all right. <laughs> don't uh don't push it there um Nick, Any worries about Nick Chubb after just 16 carries? Uh, Dearness Johnson rushed for a touchdown.
1: No worries about Nick Chubb, uh, again, because 16 carries are a good sign. I mean, it wasn't a a perfectly efficient Nick Chubb. You know, normally Nick Chubb gets 16 carries. You think that's going to be 110 yards and a touchdown or two. Um, And it wasn't that efficient. But again, like like credit Pittsburgh, Um, Nick Chubb getting this many touches coming off an injury. I, I feel pretty good about that. Dearness Johnson was out there like I feel like the carries don't tell a story I I, I think he was actually on the field over 30 percent of the time close to 40 percent of the time and that is pretty close to the Kareem Hunt role um, which you know if you picked him up a couple of a couple of weeks ago hold on to him because if if they fall into game script where they're not running the ball 23 times and they get to run the ball 35 40 times a lot of that is going to be Johnson
0: yeah I would definitely uh, keep on holding Dearness Johnson for sure the Browns get the Bengals Patriots Lions and Ravens over their next four games that's Mm. like not a great schedule of defenses there between well there's one like clear one thing does not look like the other in this in this uh (laughs) slate there so you can you can think about streaming some of these browns like pass catchers or you know maybe bumping your expectations up for dearness johnson in that lions week but other than that man it's going to be a tough tough sledding here um just to update uh the Jameis winston situation jane slater from the nfl says she's told it's his acl so uh that is probably a season that's brutal yeah probably a season ender for Jameis winston which Also, kind of brutal if you've been one of the people. I'm I'm not one of the people that's holding Michael Thomas in his IR spot. But, I mean, that's kind of a bad break there. You know, just – do you think this changes things drastically for Alvin Kamara? I actually kind of don't because, uh, as I mentioned earlier, he is – he's been making it on rushing volume mostly than passing volume anyways, and that's going to be the worry. I assume once Taysom Hill is healthy, like, he's going to start the rest of the season. So, I'm not really changing my expectations for Kamara, but, like, if you – were for whatever reason still thinking the Marquez Callaway thing is gonna happen. That ain't gonna happen. Um at least Michael yep. Thomas had some decent games with Taysom Hill at, at different points last year. But I definitely had a, like those, you know, fantasies about Michael Thomas finally having a downfield passer that's gonna throw in more than just slant routes, like seeing what that looks like. A little less enthusiastic about it not being James Winston.
1: Yeah, no, I think you hit the key points. And I I agree that it's not, you know, given the way that Alvin Kamara has been used this year, this is not a huge deal in terms of his fantasy value because they've turned him into this 18 to 24 carry a game. Like, I hope he holds up on that workload. He's he's not had it in his pro career or anything close to it, but it's, I I mean, this has been 20 carries a game and now there's no reason to think that's going to stop. Even with, by the way, Mark Ingram looked looked, looked pretty looked, good, like not zombified today, like looked yeah. pretty good today. Um, he was, you know, not not heavy usage or anything like that, but but looked pretty impressive. The only um, thing that looked bad about Mark
0: Ingram, the only, sorry to interrupt, but the only thing that looked bad about Mark Ingram, number? Mark Ingram is the f- sorry, the, the 14, the 14, the 14 <laughs> looked bad on Mark Ingram. That yeah. looked bad. I don't like that at all. That's a bad look.
1: Fully agree. Fully agree. That's a kicker's number. It's like yeah. a it's like a third string quarterback's number
0: as you wear a number 14 jersey here right now. <laughs> well, doesn't that, doesn't that just say it all? Doesn't that just say it all right there? Um, couple, let, Let's talk about the Jalen Hurts thing real quick. Um, here's another Galaxy brain take. We talked about Mike White off the top. I actually think this is like the best possible outcome for Jalen Hurts. I know it's like his w- by far worst fantasy day, but the Lions getting blown out by the Eagles – um, while the Eagles, like, establish the hell out of the run, that's at least going to quiet yeah. these, like, Gardner Minshew whispers, which, like, I was getting a little nervous this week that, ooh, if things go bad, like, you know, there was a lot of folks out there like, ooh, the Lions are sneaky, like, bet on the Lions, sneaky, you know, to cover the spread, or maybe even the money line against this Eagles team that's not very good. It's like, I don't know about all that. But um if they had, for whatever reason, lost this game, those, like, Jalen Hurts getting benched whispers would have turned into screams. I think we can put those on the back burner for right now, which is good for Jalen oh, absolutely. Hurts long term.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um they they would have they would have clearly been screams. And uh Jalen Hurts has been really shaky as a as a passer. This is this is like the first time that the Lions have just I mean, I I don't wanna say it's the first time they've been non competitive this season, but they haven't like They haven't just gotten dusted off like this um, until they've had some fight right up until right up until this week. This was like more in the in the vein of the Matt Patricia losses. Right. I mean, they were just absolutely stomped. They give up 236 uh, total rushing yards. I mean, the the other fantasy uh, uh, note here is that Boston Scott was the guy in the Eagles backfield to start this game. And I don't know how many carries he would have ended up with if this game had been at all competitive. But they came out rolling with Boston Scott and basically no one else. Like they sprinkled in a little Jordan Howard, um, which was weird. Two touchdowns for Jordan Howard. How about it? Like not even a not even a Kenneth Gainwell sighting on the field in the first quarter of this game. Um, So Gainwell is going to, you know, it's going to look like he had a dozen carries or whatever it was, but it was all garbage time. The game was totally decided. Minshew was in the game, right? Like, yeah, right. Yeah. This thing, this thing fully one-sided Jalen Hurts still ends up leading the Eagles in rushing, by the way, with
0: 70 something yards. Yep. Still leads the Eagles in rushing. So it wasn't a terrible day fantasy wise, but definitely not what you're used to. But Hey, when you don't have to gut it back in garbage time, it's pretty nice to be yeah. Jalen Hurts in that situation. Uh, Dallas Goddard leads the team in receiving with 72 yards. But, yeah, the story is the backfield. Like, I was kind of confused why we would assume it would just be Kenneth Gainwell over Boston Scott when Boston Scott was the one getting the carries last week. I was in on Kenneth Gainwell because I thought there's a chance this game could be competitive. But when it wasn't, it's like Gainwell's kind of like their version of Naheem Hines, but like a poor man's version of that player, which is saying something. Uh, So, yeah, tough scene there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's confusing because because Gainwell came into the season having the role that we all assume that Boston Scott would have. And I, I, I don't know why that made us think that that, you know, he would just naturally ascend the backfield hierarchy. But no, he just keeps his role. He just he yeah. just keeps his role. And Boston Scott gets the Miles Sanders role.
0: We are very, very bad as a community of like doing this. Like we just Ugh. running backs have roles, right. And like a spe- now more than ever running backs have these specialized roles. This is why yeah. um, people who, you know, do like the handcuff strategy or, you know, running back insurance strategy or whatever. It, like you, sometimes you don't know who the backup is. Like if you thought, if you thought that, that like the insurance policy for miles Sanders was Kenneth Gainwell and not Boston Scott, you look like a, a total idiot right now. So tough scene there. I mean, it's, it is what it is, but uh let's move on to, Another thing that is a frustrating discussion in the fantasy community, the Seahawks passing game. Look, um, <laughs> Tyler Lockett goes berserk after disappearing for two weeks. I refuse to b- believe that Ty- this tire Lockett is inconsistent thing is a real narrative. I think it's this year especially. It feels like coincidence, right? Like because has these two monster games, has a little bit of an injury flare up, and then like has the one game where all of his pass interference yards uh, were just uh, yeah. such a brutal thing to watch. And then like Russell Wilson gets hurt. You got Geno Smith against uh, the damn Steel- Steelers and the Saints. But life can be a little easier for Geno when he goes against the Jaguars
1: yeah absolutely um, it, this was gonna be a monstrous and it may yet end up as I mean we we're only halfway through it may end up yet end up as a monster season for Tyler Lockett and Russell can come back and this can all be fine um to like today was just a little glimpse and Metcalf was awesome as well a couple touchdowns for Metcalf um just just an absolute freak of a of a human being but great to see from Lockett 13 targets in this one and like Gino's just gonna be a little bit of a roller coaster um yeah. but this was I mean 20 of 24 today. And the the I don't even want to call Jacksonville a sparring partner. Um, they no. were awful. They were awful in all respects. And and they come away from this thing injured, right? Um, yeah, James, James Robinson, Robinson with an ankle injury, and, and just a just an absolute, uh, totally non-competitive loss.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, James Robinson, please come on, man. That's like, that's all you got. That's all you got. If you're Jacksonville, Uh, that was definitely, yeah. that was, that was a brutal break there. All right. Let's talk Monday night football before we get out of here. Patrick Mahomes is good to go. He's not on the injury report, but obviously the giants still have a long injury report. Saquon Barkley, Kenny Galladay are both out. Sterling Shepard and Kadarius Tony are still questionable, but sounds like they're more likely than not to play in this game. Um, How do you feel about this one overall? feel great
1: about Daniel Jones. If you needed a plug and play quarterback, uh, you know, you're replacing either Derek Carr or Lamar Jackson this week. I, I felt great about Daniel Jones. I, I think he can be a top 10 top. I mean, hell Mike White is like a top two quarterback right yeah, now. Seriously. So, what the hell is the ceiling for Daniel Jones? Who knows anything? Um, but this is just a terrible chiefs defense. And we've, we've talked about this every kind of way uh, for, for over a month now, like the, the chiefs give up the most yards per play in the NFL by a lot. Um, they give up like over eight and a half yards per pass attempt. Um, Daniel Jones had some good games without any of his best weapons, like operating without Gallaudet, without Tony, without Shepard, without Barkley. He had a pretty good game against Carolina just a couple weeks ago, so I'm I'm fairly confident that he's going to have a good game against the Chiefs. Um, so I feel really good about him. I can't wait to see it with Kadarius Tony because I felt like we were we were just at the start of a Something really fun yeah. um, breakout. So uh, hopefully he's healthy. Hopefully we get him. I w- I would I would have him active everywhere. And something else that we mentioned this morning on Fantasy Football Live, like he he came into this week available in about forty five percent of Yahoo leagues, which is just shocking to me because I don't like I don't know what else you need to see. That's somebody that I would drop Allen Robinson for. I think at this right. point, like you can't touch that guy. I mean, that guy's got know, like four moves for every for every for every two steps that you take. I mean, he was he's just absolutely been phenomenal. So hopefully he's healthy.
0: Yeah, I think him and Shepard are a great, like, one-two punch there. And we'll see when the whole Kenny mm-hmm. Galladay thing will happen. I mean, I still really like Galladay as a player, too. But, you know, Shepard is so reliable, and then Tony is so explosive. That should be a pretty fun uh duo there against this chiefs team like yeah it's a stock up for all all those guys on the giant side because this chiefs defense is so so bad and especially at the linebacker level i think daniel jones like the over under for his rushing yards is like 21 and a half uh give me the over on that one 28 bucks in our yahoo oh. single game uh wow. dfs contest like i really love him at that price as well and then i mean it's it, it's basically just tyree kill travis kelsey and darrell williams there for the chiefs like you know and you kind of have to pick your spots so the, the giants at least are bottom 10 in run defense DVOA so I think this is a really good spot to go back to Daryl Williams uh, after a letdown game in a weird game script where they fell so behind to the Titans
1: yeah totally agree with that there's there's no third Chiefs pass catcher that I can make a strong argument for um, I'm, I'm not really much of a Nicole Hardman guy there's always there's like two th- there's still there's like two throws a game where Mahomes clearly expects hardman to be somewhere else and that's yeah. just that's just weird at not this great. point in his career so yeah so i'm I'm not going that route um love daryl williams this week and, and need something from him i like i need a, potentially
0: a lot from him in this game oh, there we go all right andy well i appreciate you hanging out with me here on the recap podcast that is going to do it for us if you need more help for your fantasy team let this be your reminder that you can try Yahoo fantasy plus for seven days by going to Yahoo fantasy slash plus. If you want to keep the conversation ongoing, uh, make sure you at Andy Barons on Twitter. That's at Andy Barons. while I am at Matt Harmon underscore B Y B while you're at it, go ahead and double check that you're following at Yahoo fantasy as well for a different angle on all of Sunday's action. You can listen to Charles Robinson and Frank Schwab in the most recent episode of you pod to win the game seriously go subscribe and check it out right now enough of this then this podcast is over so go check out that one uh, but do make sure you come back tomorrow for this podcast for a very special pickups podcast with the great andy barons and Scott Until now we are out